The Mets were one hit in a do or die game three Sunday night at City Field. The 2022 season is now over. Jake is in a state of depression. We will recap what the heck happened to the Mets in the wild card against the Padres and put a bow on a frustrating end to a 101 win season. We also look forward what Mets free agents will stay. Who goes? We'll look ahead to a busy offseason for Steve Cohen and company. It's all coming up next on the season finale of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. I can't do it, Jake. I can't do that. Listen. Season is over. And far, far too soon for anybody liking. That's for sure. Uh, You and I were fortunate enough to go to the game last night and be there live in person. And... It was anything but amazing. I can tell you that. Right from the beginning, get in there, the two runs happened, and then the wheels just kept falling off. But the bottom line is this. One hit, one hit, Jake. And I think I know where this is going to go. But I think you need this more than I do. Let them know what happened. It's just, it's hard for me to even yell. I'm just sitting there Sunday night in front of a crowd of not a sellout. I know ticket prices were high, but 39,241. There were 5,000 more fans for Keith Hernandez Day than a do or die playoff game, which is just pathetic. But how could you blame them? The team was pathetic. One hit all night long, a season that ended with 101 wins, the second most wins in franchise history. And they mustered together one freaking Single all night long after scoring seven runs on Saturday, they mustered one hit, couldn't get one single rally going. And this after 2016 wild card where they got shut out another elimination game in front of a fan base that has showed up mostly all season. Didn't show up in full on Sunday, as I said, under 40,000, which honestly is unacceptable in a do or die game. But the Mets effort was unacceptable in a do or die game to get a few walks here, uh, you know, one or two walks and a single and have this fan base dead by the third inning. I mean, the game felt over once they were losing. You're like, this isn't these Mets. These Mets would not put the offensive performance together. They they did. These Mets would not have terrible bats against cheating Joe Musgrove. I mean, the Mets lost. Fair and square, but there was something on his ear. And I'll let you address that as a former pitcher in a bit. But Padres are now enemy number one. Add them to my hated list of baseball teams. You got the Braves on there. You got the Phillies on there. You basically have the Marlins and Nationals by the fact that they're in the division. You got the Cardinals on that list. But I hate the Padres. I now hate them. I want revenge. Someone's getting beamed when the Mets play the Padres in 2023. I'm sorry. If Joe Musgrove could get hit, you'd throw right at him. Throw right at his nose where he was sniffing towards Buck Showalter. You bum. Of course, Buck Showalter's going to check. 
And for Buck Showalter, you can't even knock his managing. You said it. A lot of people said it. I wanted a way to say it just because I felt like their team was good enough to not, you know, trade the entire farm. But you saw a team in the Padres, Figgy, that went all in at the trade deadline. They made moves. You saw those guys contribute. You also saw Trent freaking 184 hitting Grisham beat you in three games. Trent Grisham. He sounds like the fourth president of the United States. President Grisham, the colonel. You let a bum beat you. But you also let guys like Josh Bell, who I wanted the Mets to get. You also let guy like Juan Soto, who took one for the team. And how about the Mets didn't doing this? Laying out a sack bunt that led to runs. How about their power hitter laying down a bunt and playing small ball and playing team ball when they needed it? You saw a Padres team that made huge trades and those players all capitalized, ending with another big guy they traded for and Josh Hader shutting down the Mets' hopes and dreams at the end of the game. And you saw them go against Daniel Vogelback, who did nothing. As much as we loved his freaking jelly belly, he did nothing for this team down the stretch. And Figgy, this was just a furious ending to the season. And you wanted to do it last. I had no emotion left to do it last night. I probably would have cried on the show. And it wouldn't be for, you know, the effect of crying and, and making it entertaining. It would have been legit tears. I was emotional. I went to get chicken nuggets and fries at McDonald's after the game, just nearly crying my, in my fries. I ate every crumb of those fries because food is what brings me back to life. I went to 61 games this year at home, 67 total, 37 and 24 at City Field this year. So many memories this year, and we'll talk about it later. You know, met a lot of great people, but I just feel empty. I mean, I just didn't think, we never thought it ended this way, Figgy. One more win in the regular season, and this is the preview show for the NLDS. I mean, you just think back of, what if they did this? What if they did this? What if they made this move? You know, what if Scherzer didn't give up seven runs? What if they got this hit? And you're thinking, how the hell is this over before the NLDS? There were good moments. And like in a week, I'll maybe be like, wow, this was a fun year. But I don't want to see a 2022 NL wildcard banner hanging up in the rafters in right field because I might go up and take it down myself on opening day next season. I'm more just disappointed than I am want to yell today. But I, I'm just not happy, Figgy. Yeah, no, and and you and every Met fan has a right to be, and I get that. And as the players, they're sitting there waking up this morning and realizing what slipped through their fingers. They're realizing that the opportunity, every Alonzo at bat is a chance to put runs on the board, and he wasn't able to do that last night. Hard line drive in right field with Marte at second base. You're thinking, okay, now it's start. They're playing defense. He's right there. Soto's right there. These Padres, especially in game three, they reminded me of the 2015 Royals, the way that they played small ball, the way that they just put the ball in play. They did not try and go swing and miss with two strikes. Bassett wasn't able to put them away and, and get the big strikeout when he needed it. And what was it? Bases loaded. A little ground ball through the hole, through the left side. The way that they play the game, the way that they get underneath your skin just by playing the game the right way, it was annoying. And we'll get to the cheating part. I just saw a team that got the emotion level just was not there. Like they 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 just did not stand up and fight. You want to be able to punch back at some point. If it takes a bunt, if it takes beating the shift, if it takes something just to get the team going, then somebody has to do it. That's Soto play. It's genius because they're already up. They've got nothing to lose in that situation. Yeah, Soto could hit a three-run home run, but you know what he's going to do? Play team baseball. Move a guy over and get an easy hit 
if he wanted to, you know what I mean? Where everybody's, um, they have to make the play the right way, but it surprised everyone that he would sacrifice himself in that situation and get the job done. Musgrove and that pitching staff, first of all, you Darvish, you knew you're going to have a problem with you Darvish and you had to match him and, Scherzer was not able to do that. You knew do or die. Jake shows up, gives up two, but he took it up another notch from pitches number 89 to 99. Does what he has to do. Gives the Mets the, the hold that they needed. The Mets bats woke up for a moment. Then last night, we saw this with Bassett in Atlanta. Big moment, big crowd, big situation. There's one pitch left to make. He gets the two strikeouts in a row, and you're like, oh my God, he's going to get out of this. He's going to get out of this. And, and you could imagine the, the house coming down if he did. And instead... A ground ball gets through and the moans started and the groans and everybody's not sure how to feel. It's only two runs and it's in the second inning. So there shouldn't have been that, oh, defeated feeling. It should have been, all right, now it's our turn up. And Musgrove was just, he was Bassett 2.0. He was able to do the same thing. Slow breaking ball, move the ball around, fastball up in the zone, get them to chase, made him uncomfortable all night long. What I saw from Musgrove and why Buck wound up checking Yes, there is glistening, you know, on the broadcast, you can see his ears are glistening, whatever reason. More so than anything, his spin rates were a little different than normal last night. And you get that data right away. Fans can get it on Baseball Savant as you're watching the game. It tells you his spin rates on every pitch, and it tells you plus or minus from his season average. He was up more than 150 uh, spins per minute on every pitch. As you know, with Trevor Bauer, he said, if I wanted to cheat, I can go 200 to 400 RPMs on all my pitches because that makes the breaking ball tighter, sharper, later. It makes the slider sweep across faster. And the fastball being at 2,700 RPMs, which is ungodly spin. Most major league fastballs are 2,200 to 2,400. To have another 300 RPMs underneath your fastball, that makes the ball stay up. So it makes a 93, 94 mile an hour fastball feel and act like a hundred. It's like a Josh Hader fastball because it just stays up and never comes down. Sure. It's gamesmanship as well. You want to make him uncomfortable. You want to get him out of his element, but he was able to withstand that moment. And the umpires checked him, checked him again. Was it as thorough of a checking? Probably not, but they wanted him to check his ears. I thought his ear was where he kind of finished whatever he was putting on. He was finishing by touching his ear, left some remnants. It wasn't the spot for sure. Um, the ears are just too obvious. Cheating or not cheating. He's been hit before. He's given up runs before. They weren't able to do anything with him. So I tossed that one to the side. I get exactly why they did it. And you have to do it in a do or die. Um, but I think that also pumped up the Padres. Every single one of them, the players, the coaching staff, you saw as they left the field, they all had that look on them like, all right, now we're going to really make them pay for it. And they did. And that's why the Mets are at home today with us. Yeah, I can't fault Buck the way he managed. You can't manage a game when you only get one hit. He put the lineup together and the guys just weren't able to do the things that they had done all season long. Very disappointing. 101 wins and um, they're out playing golf this morning. Francisco Lindor's kid, his beautiful daughter, literally the night before. I watched the clip a thousand times saying Buck, Buck. And for Lindor saying love Buck, the cute clip. Of Pete Alonso next to Francisco Lindor waving at his daughter and she waves back. It was setting up for a storybook October. It was adorable. These adorable clips just tearing at my heartstrings the night before game three, getting me ready 
watching motivational videos, watching the greatest moments of the season. This Mets yearbook 2022 will not be as good on SNY in five years in a random rain delay on April 7th. It just won't hit the same when you realize you lost. In 2022, elimination game. I was there, City Field. 2016, elimination game, wild card game, three-run ninth inning by the Giants to win. 2015, they said, sir, Jake, sir, Jake, whoever the hell you are, you got to leave the building. We're closed. I'm like, what do you got? Dead and company showing up next week? The season's freaking over. I got kicked out of the stadium in 2015 when they got eliminated. I wasn't there, but 2006 game seven, NLCS, Yachty of freaking Molina. 2000 World Series, Shea Stadium, wasn't there. Watched it on TV. Nine-year-old Jake, done. Season over. Shea Stadium. So many heartbreaks in this stadium. And Figgy, we're just waiting to put a banner up and not a wild card appearance banner. That's a participation trophy. You get those in Little League. I didn't get one hit in Little League and I had a trophy. That's what you're giving them if you put that up next year. Figgy, it's a new ownership. There's a bright future. But 101 win season just slipping away like this. Today, it's hard to process. I'll process it maybe in a day. But still waking up today. I'm feeling like I was last night and I don't have any chicken nuggets to save me. I got freaking blueberries here. Not a, not a one of a feeling look all around baseball, right? That's the beauty of baseball. Anyone can beat anyone else on any given night. All right. It, it, you have to be that guy. You have to have that performance. That is your norm or, you know, that that's that you're expect, expected to do when you try to do more than you're capable of bad things usually happen. This team, if you look around the playoffs already, Seattle, I mean, exciting baseball. The way they came back down from eight, took it from Toronto in their own park. Uh, The Phillies, they were down in the ninth inning. You've got to be able to find moments like that. And the Mets weren't able to do anything even close to that. These Mets was the motto. These Mets had a chance to do something special. These Mets were built to go deep into the playoffs. And that's the beauty of playoff baseball. You've got to be on your best game and there's no second chance that's what makes it so exciting that's what makes it so disappointing but this team is different right look at the dodgers when the dodgers started to make the change and they made that huge trade with boston they got all those pieces and then they started spending money the dodgers went to the world series what was it three out of the next four years and they lost disappointing ending to every season but when they finally won one wow This team is built to do it again and again and again. They haven't. It's not that simple. I wish it was that simple. I wish it was. No, actually, I don't wish it was that simple. That's the part that we fall in love with, the grind, the the big moments, the unexpected heroes. Playoff baseball is always built on that. It's not the Juan Soto hitting a home run to crush you. It's Trent freaking Grisham, as you put it, who's the guy that you're looking at going, he batted 184. Why is he even in the lineup? Why is he on the roster at this point? And it seemed like Melvin was able to put the right pieces in the right places. Imagine if this team had, you know, if if they had their full lineup, how deep this team could be. They went in and they got star players and put it all on them. And those star players showed up. Hater, I I mean, could you imagine if Hater was back-to-back with with Edwin? Imagine those two back-to-back. You had no chance in the eighth and ninth inning. It was available. It happened. What are you willing to give up? And I know we always talk about prospects and the farm system is rated X, Y, and Z. If you want to live in the now, you got to go for it. You got to go for it. 
and you have to get bigger pieces. They just, there was always something missing. There was one little thing missing, right? We kept saying that. If only they did this, if only they did that. And I think that <sighs> those two guys, those two horses at the top, you expected them to be perfect. And when they were less than perfect, it was, wow. How did we think this was going to actually work? So it'll, it'll be an interesting offseason. Where is the moment we needed the most? You kicked up the leave and the magic is lost. They tell me your blue skies faded to gray. They tell me your passion's gone away and I don't need no carrying on. That's what I used to do when I was depressed. I'd play Bad Day by Daniel Powder. His one hit. Uh, you had a bad day. You couldn't get a hit. You sing a sad song. You turn around. You say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. You work at a smile. You go for a ride. You had a bad day. The cameras don't lie. The ESPN broadcast sucked. And I want to cry. <laughs> a tough pill to swallow. The cheating The cheating Padres. Add them to the hate list. Someone's getting bean next year. I'm telling you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next year. And, you know, I watched it. I wanted to watch the celebration. I wanted to be like a player and watch the celebration so I know the feeling next year. And, you know, it sucks because I'm thinking to myself, I was talking before the game with Key, our guy Gemini Keys, Keys Cam with, you know, the big homie Tara. And I was like, I do have access to go in the locker room for champagne showers after the game. And I'm, I keep thinking about it. And I was getting excited by the thought. And I think I might have jinxed it by actually because I was feeling good. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a celebration. This could be my only chance, at least at 31, my first chance to be part of a you know locker room celebration. I didn't bring goggles, but I'll bring my $10, you know, gas station shades and take off the NASA jacket. Make sure that doesn't get ruined. I was preparing myself and then it just was over. You might be I'll the be- mush. Then I'm, the drowning, then I'm drowning in freaking chicken nuggets and fries at a drive through <laughs> that took 10 minutes. I mean, what a turn of events, 101 wins. And now we look ahead to the off season and, uh, you know, on the 39,000 thing, the Mets outpriced the fans. I mean, they should have lowered these prices for the wild card. I mean, they started at like 150 to get in. They definitely should have been better to the fans, but also to the fans like, man, a lot of people quit and I get it. It's a Sunday night football's on. I totally get that. But wow, Figgy, I mean, 39,241. A lot of people won't realize that because, of course, it looked full. It essentially was full. But for 3,000 plus seats and, you know, 4,000, if you want to include standing room to be available for a do or die. I mean, that's that's really bad. I mean, I think a lot of I think Atlanta that weekend last week crushed a lot of fans. So maybe that played a fart, 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 played a, a fart. fart. Yeah, definitely I farted fart. a lot after eating that McDonald's and, <laughs> and, and Wagyu. Three to four thousand empty seats, do or die. That is, I mean, that's insane, Figgy. I don't understand it. Yes, I, I get prices of things and whatnot. And could Steve Cohen have, you know, said, hey, let's just drop the prices to half price just to have the building filled because there is no tomorrow. You want to have the building filled. You want to have that 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 atmosphere of, wow, look at all this support that we have. And then you, when you're in there and you're looking around and you're like, man, there's, there's empty sections, there's empty seats, especially in the top. But, but uh, nobody wants to pay 150 to sit up in the top. But it is a playoff game. It is a do or die moment. It is a big moment because if you do win, you could say you were there. And that's what these big moments are about. You know how many people tell Mookie Wilson that they were at that game when the ball went through Buckner's legs? He said at least 2.3 million people have told him they were at that game. And I don't remember... Shea Stadium having that capacity. I would hope, and that's why I reached out. I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can get in there. I, w- I want to be there. 
I want to be in the room when it happens. You know what I mean? So I've been there as a player and been able to have big moments and been on the field. But as a fan, you want to be there and say, man, I was there. I saw it live. I, I was there. And to not have a capacity crowd and overfill, you should be turning people away. There should be people just there and uh, walking around the, the stadium, pissed off that they're not inside, but they're still at the event. And you didn't have that. And that's a that's a very disappointing thing. But no means that it affect the outcome of the game or the you know, the players would have done better. No, they would have tried harder. No. But I, I do think in a year where you win 101 games and you can't get support for three games of max crowds uh, where it's all down to that, you get past that. And now it gets really interesting because you have the Dodgers. It is. It's 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 lackluster and it, it's a testament to how the season ends. Right. It, it should have been better. There's been more heartbreak than jubilation since I've been a fan of this franchise. And the fact that I'm still, you know, so into them as I am. I mean, this is why it shows you you need a, you need a Mets fan. You need a data Mets fan. I mean, we're just loyal. I mean, every playoff appearance 2000 has ended in elimination at home. This team hasn't won since 86. It's been 36 years and 2000 home elimination. 2006, 2015, 16, 22. That's five. Every time they've been to the playoffs since Y2K, it's been a home elimination. There needs to be more celebrations. I think there will be next year. I know I predicted the World Series. I mean, I'm not going to predict anything now. We don't even know who's on the team next year. But I like Buck Showalter. I'm indifferent on Billy Epler. You know, he didn't do enough of the deadline. He's got a big prove-it kind of offseason. I do think a lot of his guys worked. I mean, until the playoffs. I mean, Escobar worked. Bassett, for the most part, worked. Scherzer, I mean, I'll say it worked, although that's unacceptable seven runs, but they didn't score anyway. You know, a lot of these moves worked, but now we got to see because now we look ahead and, you know, as we put the bow in the season, frustration, disappointment, but a lot of questions to be answered in the offseason. Coming up next on Amazing But True, we'll try and answer those questions as we look to the Mets free agents. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Figgy. We've put the bow on this 2022 season. There were moments, there were great moments, there were comebacks, there were rallies, but all in regular season games. And they couldn't get the seven runs that they got Saturday and Sunday. They did? This would have been a celebratory podcast. Looking ahead to the NLDS, maybe doing a live show Wednesday with seven line. And uh, those shows will now be canceled as the season has ended. All right, Figgy, Mets free agents, because the question's already begun immediately after the game. You get it from the media. I mean, you understand you have to ask them. But asking Jacob DeGrom, are you going to be here next year, minutes after elimination? I mean, you know he's not answering that question. You have to ask him, but you know his answer means nothing. It's not a story. So don't, you know, try and make a story out of it. Jacob DeGrom, we'll start with number one, Figgy. I think Cohen's going to offer him all the money in the world. I'm not sold he wants to stay in New York. I'm just not. I think he's going to get probably the best contract off of the Mets. It's a matter if he's if he's going to stay here. I'll be positive, Figgy, and say DeGrom comes back. What say you? Uh, you're at this point in your career, you're this age and 
you kind of have seen the inside of a training room as much as you've seen the mound over the last two seasons. What do you do? Right. You're already a hundred times over a millionaire. What do you do? If money is all equal, you're playing for a ring. Right. I I don't think there's anybody who's just going to want to play here to just play here. I get it. It's the money. But like I said, if money is equal, and you can pick a place to play, which is very fortunate for any ball player when you have the say and you know he's going to be covered by 30 teams. Where would he go if you have one shot to win a ring? I mean, it's disgusting to even think about L.A., Atlanta. You go to one of these teams that you feel has a best shot. A Houston. You go down to Houston. Team up down there. You know what they're capable of doing. You know how good they've been. You add a DeGrom to that and it's oh, my gosh. You know, it seems like it'll be instant success, but we looked at Scherzer comes in with that pedigree. It's just a instant success. But I think it's all on Jake. If Jake wants the legacy of, you know, all time numbers as a Met and go into the Hall of Fame as a Met and do it in one place, he stays. Does he like how he was treated? I remember he got his contract renewed several times while everybody was clamoring over Matt Harvey and, and giving him, you know, the idea of giving him $200 million. Jacob deGrom was the one who was producing on the field and they renewed his contract at the same rate that he did the year before, even though he was an all-star and, you know, pitched in the World Series. So those little things come back uh, to haunt you normally. It's a different ownership group. And of course, they're going to do everything they can to keep them in a Met uniform and keep them very happy. And at the same time, from the Mets side of it, often injured, right? Didn't seem the same these last four or five starts. What is that? look like. And if you're the Mets, you have all his medicals. You have everything. You know working with him on a daily basis. If he's in there saying, man, my arm feels like poop. You know, I just don't feel right. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah, let's sign him. Lock him up. So there might be a reason why they they give a competitive offer and they don't sign him. But till then, till that point, I still think he's one of the best pitchers on the planet when healthy. And uh, of course, I want to see him stay and I want to see him smash some records. So you think he stays or goes? I, I think he stays. All right, so DeGrom stays. All right, Edwin Diaz. I think this is a guy who seems to want to stay here, who loves here, likes the fan base, the trumpets, everything with it. It would be, and who would have thought I'd be saying this after, you know, a few years ago, it would be a disaster if they let Edwin Diaz go. I think they are. If you say, are they keeping DeGrom or Diaz and you only got to pick one, it's Diaz. I'm sorry. As great as DeGrom is, Diaz was just so incredible for this team and earned every penny he's going to get. He's going to get, you know, five year, hundred million or more. I mean, he's going to get 20 million a year. He's probably going to be the highest price closer in baseball history. Figgy, you have to bring Edwin Diaz back to this team. Yeah. Well, that was the plan from the beginning when they made that trade to get him. You got a guy who was under control, a young elite closer, Struggled that first year, but since then has gotten better and better and better. And maybe this isn't the best we've seen. Maybe he can still be better. I I mean, it's just amazing to think what he can do. And he's going to help you not just in, you know, 30 starts. And I mean, I don't know, last time Jake made 30 starts, that was what, two years ago. So he's not just going to be in 30 games. He has a chance to save, you know, in 60 opportunities, he can save you 55. And to have that elite closer, you need that at the back. And there are very few of those guys that you can name, you know, uh, these days, especially, you know, you can say just one name, Diaz, Mariano, that kind of thing. You know what Diaz brings to the table. So you have to lock him up you have to give him everything that he deserves. And just uh, he's still young. So that's the, the good part of it. So I think, yes, you lock up Diaz. He's comfortable here and the money's going to be astronomical. In October, we got 
Diaz trumpets in a five run game and a four nothing deficit. We didn't even get the full playoff trumpets. Everyone wants to blame Timmy Trumpet for showing up as the season turned around then. Shut up. I mean, that's not the case, but God, we didn't even get full like playoff trumpets weren't even in effect. We didn't get them. We got it in the seventh inning. Ugh. All right. Diaz, come back. Please save us. Here's the interesting one for me on this list, Figgy, and it's Brandon Nimmo. I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't bring Brandon Nimmo back. I do. I know a lot of Mets fans think that. I get it. He's good. I think they're going to give him a big offer. I don't think it's like a disastrous offseason if he's gone. Obviously, you need to find a replacement if that's the case. And judges in order. Case is definitely closed. If you can go out, Figgy, and give Aaron Judge a monster offer and get him to somehow leave the Yankees and come here, you walk Brandon Nimmo to whatever airport is nearby. I mean, if you get Aaron Judge, you literally get Brandon Nimmo, you know, send him to the local church, get him the nicest Bible possible, whatever you got to do, get him a horse ranch, a farm, and you get Aaron Judge here. I'm fine with Nimmo coming back. I, I think he's good. Good player. Hope he comes back but wouldn't hate if they found, you know, an upgrade there for Brandon Nimmo. Well, if you look at the other free agent uh, center fielders, Kiermaier, Pilar, Kane, Marisnik, Shields, Janikowski, Billy Hamilton, there's no names in there that are going to replace a Brandon Nimmo. Well, He's it's, only it's basically Judge or Nimmo is essentially. Right. So if you don't it's get the, Judge, then keep <laughs> Come on. That, that's that's what it comes down to. That's exactly what it comes down to. And you're looking at, uh, or you can move Marte over and you can go get a guy, but everybody that's in the free agent market, any Anybody who was worth anything has been locked up to a long-term multi-year deal. So that's why when you look around in free agents that are coming out, you're looking 30, 32 plus in age. And those guys, you got to look at their ability, uh, what they can do. You know, there's, there's very few names that you would say can even be a replacement at this point because the trajectory of Brandon Nimmo's career is still going up, right? So it's Judge, if you can land Judge. Figgy, it's Judge Brantley, essentially, and then Will Myers, if if he declines his club option, but it's basically Judge Brantley, and yeah, like you said, after that, the list is, there's like Robbie Grossman, Corey Dickerson, so maybe I gotta take it back, because the list is so slim, and let's just say Judge isn't. It basically comes down, because even if, like you said, if you move Marte to center, then again, you're looking at a Brantley, who's a left fielder, and then you know, you gotta move some things around or play him and right play can a left so that's the only thing do they would they move Marte so it might be Nimmo's back just by process of elimination yeah I, I think that's exactly what it is and if you're Cohen and you want to make a huge splash and really Jock Peterson too is another guy. Jock Peterson I saw that with the and being only 30 a 1.9 war Brandon Nimmo's a 7.4 it's a guy who can be there and, and a, a guy that's again exciting to a fan base played in big moments played on big teams. I think, you know, he'd be a nice fit to have, but that was of course, you know, the Wilpon days. How can we get a, a cheaper version of the same model? It's the, uh, can we get the Bentley or a Chrysler 300? We're in Bentley mode and you're going after Aaron judge and you're going to run up the price as much as possible, at least run up the price so that the Yankees have to pay overpay for him. But that would be astronomical but Brandon Nimmo to me if that doesn't happen with Judge Nimmo stays all right let's quickly go through the rest of the list here Tywon Walker I'm not paying him the world I'm sorry if you could get him for a decent deal 
If not, I think you just you got to let Taiwan walk, unfortunately, and get his money because, you know, he's going to cash out. You got McGill and Peterson waiting in the wing. So he's expendable at this point. It's kind of the same situation with, with Stroman last year. So Bassett, I, I hope he's got the mutual option. I'd like him to agree to that and come back for another year because, you know, if you lose Walker and then you, you know, got to factor in, if you end up losing to Grom, then Ish hits the rail. You got to oh, figure imagine, out your rotation. Imagine you lose to Grom, Carrasco and Bassett and Walker. You could lose all four. Yeah, that was all four of those guys. I think Degrom's one. You got to keep. I think two would be Bassett. I do like Bassett. He's tenacious. I don't know how long he would want to stay in New York, but if they could keep that option, keep Bassett. Right. Yeah, Bassett as a you got to remember with Bassett, he's thirty four years old. It's a mutual option option for nineteen million dollars. I don't know if he's going to find nineteen million anywhere else. I, I think it's a a feel good. He he pitched well. It seemed like he was you know, a, a good fit here in, in New York. And we don't know what it was like in the clubhouse for him or, you know, if he you know hung out with guys and liked the staff or whatever. But I think Bassett, when you find success and you, you have your career year, you want to kind of duplicate that. And then I'm sure he wants to perform better. He wants to not be the memories of Bassett, be those two games, the one against the Braves in, the, in this last one. So I think Bassett will take that option, the mutual option, uh, 19 million. Yeah, Carlos Carrasco has a vesting option, but he didn't reach the 170 innings, I believe, to get it. So I believe he will become a free agent. He was going to get $14 million if he hit that innings mark, Figgy. If you can get him around there, I like Cookie. I like him as a person. We obviously took it to the Cookie Spanish Academy. I think he would be nice to have back for a year so. I'd like cookie back. Yeah. A healthy cookie was a, a very productive cookie, right? We, we loved what we saw from him. Uh, he had the struggles in the first inning, you know, give up a two run home run, but then it would be lights out for the next four or five. Look around all over, all over baseball at the different guys that you could have. And he fit for me. He fit well. I have to get him back around that. If you can get him that same price, you bring him back. Absolutely. All right, out of Vino, got to try and bring him back. Fake, you got him for one year, four million. Got to bring him back. Oh yeah, the four million is going to get upped. Uh, he that's when he came on the podcast with us. He's he loves being a Met. Um, it's a New he York might kid. Get Ten million, I think. He's a New York kid, and and why not with uh, the workload that he had and the uh, success that he had. You bring him back, and and maybe even you do it. You know, a two year deal to give him a little more comfort on the backside. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the rest of the bullpen, Trevor Williams, sure, get him back for cheap if you can. Seth Lugo, Figgy, he got emotional thinking this could be the end of his Mets career. I'd bring Lugo back for another year. I think he's a good bridge guy to have. We won't even talk Michael Givens. I mean, who cares? I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you don't need to bring back Michael Givens. But, hey, he had a good year before he came to the Mets. It wasn't, you know, recovered eventually with the Mets. I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep if he's not back. But I'd like to see Lugo and Trevor Williams back. And Trevor May, by the way, Trevor May, no, sorry, good guy, terrible season. He's gone. Yeah, Trevor May remind me a lot of the uh, Schwarzak. You know, we liked it in the beginning, but it was uh, you know one trick pony, high fastball, breaking ball, swing and miss, and when guys laid off, he fall behind, and you know it, it would spiral very quickly for him. He is, uh, yeah, he's expendable. I mean, you're looking at the guys at the starting pitchers, bullpen guys. You know, going around baseball and knowing that guys can opt out. It could be interesting for the Mets and how they reload and, and if they let all these other guys go. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of guys that you could definitely see um, the Mets going after and, and that are coveted around baseball and some familiar names. It'll be very interesting to see exactly if the analytics side with the Naquin Vogel, Vogelback 
gore, you know, those, those kind of pickups are going to be where, where you go again, or are you going to try and, you know, get the stars that are somewhat in the midst of their careers and, and be able to replace the people that you're losing. Yeah. Vogelback and Naquin, let's just say they're gone. I don't, th- I mean, as much as we like Vogelback, if he comes back as a bench guy, fine, but I think the Mets realize they need a designated hitter. You can't have the DH essentially be your worst hitter besides catcher. Like it was, that's going to be another answer. Do, do you just throw out there? Cause the way Nito is starting, I like Nito, but again, he's a backup. Do you start Alvarez next year at starting catcher and have Nito? And do you eat McCann's contract? Do you have McCann be a backup? That's going to be an interesting situation to watch what they do at catcher. But DH got to go get someone. You said pitchers, familiar faces. I mean, Syndergaard's not coming back. I don't want anywhere near him. Wayne Wright's a free agent, but he's 41. Kershaw's a free agent. We'll see where he goes. Eovaldi, Grinky. There are some, you know, Kyle Gibson, Sean Manea, Haney, Kluber, uh, well, Wade, got Miley. Rodon, Rodon can opt out. Rodon can opt out. I would look at the a- guys who don't have the option because Rodon's got a $22 million option. I mean, that's that's a lot of money, although they're expecting him to get 30. So he is a guy that can opt out. Yeah. So maybe you do go after him. Top, so. top end, top end left-handed starter. He, he didn't get the big deal that he was looking for and took that opportunity to bet on himself. He had a really good year again. You look up and down that list. There's there's a lot of names. <laughs> I mean, you got Degrom, Scherzer, Rodone, like Bassett and McGill or whoever. I think Mets fans could very much live with that if that's your top three or four. I think next year. I mean, we're looking way too far ahead, Vicky. That's basically the list, and those are your free agents. We'll close out this edition of Amazing but True next. Trent freaking one eighty four hitting Grisham. All right, Figgy, that closes whatever the hell this episode is. I don't even care. Whatever. 120, <laughs> 126 of Amazing But True. Uh, you know, we had a fun ride. We th- Thanks to the, our fans, the live shows we did. Thanks to Cadillac for sponsoring a couple of those live shows we did. We did a Keith live show. We did an Old Timers Day. We did a random Monday after our Mets Marlins game. There were definitely some fun memories over there. It's wild that it's over. I mean, my silver lining is that, like, I get some social life back. I mean, it was every night watching the Mets. It's been fun. You know, three seasons the show. Who knows what our future holds at this show? We you never know here. We, you know, we enjoyed the ride three years. If, if we're back, great. If we're not back, it's been a, a fun three seasons. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, to think how we started uh, one episode and then we were in lockdown to come as far as we have with live shows and, and going to the ballpark and people recognizing the show and telling us how much they enjoy it. T-shirts, you see T-shirts all around, you know, some celebrity sightings and T-shirts. It, it's been a whole lot of fun, Jake, and, and I hope we're back for another season. Uh, you never know what the future holds. I, I think we, we brought the best coverage. There's no one that can match our guest list. There's no one that can match our content. There's no one, I'm going to say, can match our laughs. I think we we do a well-rounded job of bringing you instead of um, crying and commiserating as a Met fan, you can listen to us, you have a few laughs, you learn something, you learn a thing or two and, and, and feel much better about you know your favorite team's chances of, of not just competing but winning and the Mets you know this year I know it didn't end well but the Mets were winners 101 games they are changing the culture here in, in New York but it's not that simple to just go overnight and go from lovable loser to bam you're going to be an instant success there you have things to address I think they have the right people in place to address these things and Buck will be back and you're looking at a team that hopefully will be hungrier. Hopefully we'll realize that there are important games 
to win in April and May and June and July and not leave it down the stretch. I will not be watching any of these playoff games the rest of the way. Beat SD, beat San Diego. I know they said beat LA. I mean, I didn't think I'd be rooting for the Dodgers to win, but you know, Joe Musgrove, shove that Vaseline up your arse. I mean, my goodness, you freaking cheater. The damn Padres. And I love San Diego and I want to go to the ballpark, but now they are an enemy to me. Now I'm pissed off and we're taking names. We're keeping receipts next year. The Mets are keeping receipts. Fuck. Say it like Coach Salad did. It worked for them in three and two. You can hear about that on the Gangs All Here podcast. I'll be doing. I'll shift my commiseration. That might be a made-up word from the Mets podcast to the Jets podcast and the Rangers up in the blue seats. Listen to that. And the Giants are four and one. So at least there's some good mojo in New York. Yankees in the playoffs too, but no one here. We don't care about that here. It's been a fun ride. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show all season. Thanks to the intern Josh Crawford for hopping on board these last few weeks. It's been a fun season. I can't believe it's over. I can't believe it's over. Stay tuned for what comes next. I'm sure if the Mets make a big, big moves in the offseason, we'll probably be back, but stay tuned on that. Jake Brown Radio, Figgy NY, at Amazing But True. Those are our Twitters. Give us a five-star rating. If you're really just depressed and miss us, you can go back and catch up on all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Check us out there. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Figgy, uh, I don't know if we should even close with Let's Go Mets because they don't deserve it after what happened. Do I say Tata Turbo Man? I don't know. Let's <laughs> just say at the end of this season, it's all over, Figgy. Enjoy your off season. I'll uh, I'll see you on the golf course. Let's go Mets, I guess. That was heartfelt. I like that. All the phrases come back. You got to believe. And now we have a new rally cry, but it went from LFGM to <laughs> LGFM. I, I think everybody knows they're all today a little bit down on the, on the team and where we're at, but you got to believe that next year could be the year. It went from LFGM to jump off my rooftop in Astoria. GM. That's <laughs> pain, frustration. Have a good off season, everybody. And thanks all year for listening to Amazing But True. We'll see you next time.